Hello, everyone, and thank you for checking out the Tuesday special podcast. If this is your first time listening, I highly encourage you to go check out some of our past episodes. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. Also at TuesdaySpecial.com. That's C-H-E-W-S-D-A-Y-Special.com. Yeah, just visit the website and go support. If you'd like to support monetarily, you're more than welcome to donate on the donate button on the website. It can be fifty cent. It can be a dollar. It can be a hundred dollars. If it's a hundred dollars, please let me know so I can at least take you out to the twenty dollar dinner. And you donated eighty dollars. That's I guess that's the thing I'm going to do. I don't know. I just made that up, but we'll go with it. But this is the first of three episodes that I recorded this weekend that I'm very excited to put out to you. It is with the one and only Lindsay Snow. For those of you who don't know Lindsay Snow, she's a female professional wrestler, also a tattoo artist, also a jujitsu competitor. And we get into all that. Truth be told, I knew Lindsay. I had met Lindsay at a few PWX shows when we booked her. Uh, but I didn't really know her, know her. I'd never, I've never sat down and had a personal conversation with her. Uh, usually my guest I've known for a long time, and I sit down with them and I talk with them. Uh, Lindsay was different. And, and you can tell in the podcast, and listen, I analyze myself, and I, and I give critique to myself as much as I can. To be honest, like it starts kind of slow because we're trying to feel each other out. You can see it. You can feel it in the in the in the interview, but once we once we hit our stride and we know where we are and we we start getting comfortable, then it, then it's amazing podcast. Uh, it goes deeper than I ever thought it would. It's a story of success and a story about hard work and perseverance. And if you put your mind to something and you believe you can do it, and and, and you're willing to put in the work, the reward will show up. And I think Lindsay is a prime example of that. And I'm so excited that she shares her story with you because there's a lot of stuff I didn't know about Lindsay that just, I mean, I had a ton of respect for her going in, but it, I mean, it grew even more after this interview. So I've talked enough. If you, if you like what you hear, just please visit TuesdaySpecial.com or go on iTunes, Stitcher Radio or Spotify, leave a review, leave a five star, do whatever, all that stuff helps out my algorithm. It helps out spreading the word or just tell somebody about this about this podcast uh, we're trying to spread the word trying to grow the community but like i said that's enough for me i hope you enjoy this episode i thoroughly enjoyed sitting down and talking to the american kaiju Lindsay snow Hotel was not pet friendly. Well, do you want to shout them out the hotel so we can yeah. push them to be pet friendly? Um, it's the Hilton Garden Inn by the Charlotte Airport, and yeah, I know exactly which one you're talking about because it's the one we always stay at if yeah. we need to fly out. It's an awesome hotel. Everybody there is super, super friendly. Um, but yeah, they just don't allow pets. So Cecilia, do you ever feel this is my this is my mindset? A hotel that is not pet friendly had a bad experience with a pet. I mean, it is probably like a liability when you have people stay with pets because like not every pet is as good as my Cecilia is. Yeah. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Like, I mean, sometimes they have accidents and then, you know, hotels are mostly carpet. So yeah. that's got to stink. And, and Cecilia is 11? You yeah, said? she's 11. Oh, have you had her entire life? I've had her since she was six weeks old. So you were telling me before we started that you foster... Do you foster, do you, is that a new thing that you and Shannon do, or is that 
Well, um, we were approached by the owners of the gym that we work out at. Okay. And um, they had a next-door neighbor that had a dog. It was like an older dog. Mm -hmm. And uh, I guess they were just leaving him in the hot garage and uh, like tethered to a leash, never letting him inside. Yeah. He was a little guy. Like bad dog owners. Yeah. And it was like really, really hot when we started fostering him. It was like the middle of summer. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in Florida, we were having like hundred degree days and yeah. they're leaving him outside in a hot garage. And so we were like, we'll, we'll foster him. We'll find him a new home, yeah. you know? And then, um, we started fostering him and, uh, then we gave him a name, like immediately. We started calling him Buster Douglas, mm. and you know you can't just call then him Buster. Then you fell Buster. in love. Yeah. that's what happens. <laughs> that's why I don't foster dogs. Yeah. Like, I'd love to, but I'd have, I'd, if I had a farm, I've always said if I if I had like if I won a million dollars or yeah. if I had unlimited money, I would start a farm where I just have like a dog farm. Yeah, that all dogs that I that I choose to foster would just live there mm -hmm. and just roam the property inside of a fence. I never have to worry about them getting out. And then just come feed at certain times, play mm -hmm. with them at certain times. People can come hang out with them. My, my dream is to have a Chihuahua rodeo. Oh, <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah. So now yeah. what kind of dog is Buster? He's a Chihuahua mix. Oh, so they, I think he's like a Chihuahua. We're not really sure. My sister has a Chihuahua. Yeah. And that thing barks all the time. He, he likes to tell me where stuff is, ah, you know, he, gotcha. he'll like give me like a little like you know, mm -hmm. like a little like uh, announcement bark, yeah, I yeah, guess. But yeah. then he stops. But yeah. Um, so he doesn't just go. Mm, no. Okay. No. We got lucky. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when we when we got Buster, we didn't know how old he was. Mm -hmm. He's missing all of his bottom teeth, mm. and he has a mysterious tattoo on his belly. Yeah, really? yeah. So I always like joke about him, like, man, Buster, like, we don't even know what kind of life you lived. I was like, say, yeah, Buster sounds well traveled. Yeah, <laughs> Buster has a lot, has had a life. That's, yeah, Buster that's Douglas. Cool. That's why Buster he's got Douglas. he's got two names, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, is he about the same size? No. Well, when we first got him, he was like about the size of Cecilia. Mm -hmm. And now he outweighs her by about 10 pounds. Oh, really? Yeah. So he, he eats was, well. Yeah. He eats really, really well. Gotcha. The, now, with fostering dogs, have you fostered any that you gave, that you had to find homes for? And no. We, oh. we just okay. started with Buster Douglas. Because I was going to say, that's the hardest thing for me, is you can't, like, I could keep, I remember when I used to keep, I kept a friend's dog one time, mm -hmm. and when I was married. And that dog was the second day. I was like, I could keep this dog. Right. Like, this dog can just stay at the house. And and, and it was not a, not a very good dog. Like, not a very well-trained dog. <laughs> you were just in love with that. I, I've been lucky that <laughs> the dogs, like, my dog now is Odie. And he's like, he, I don't know what he is. Me and my girlfriend fight all the time about what he is. He looks like an Australian sheep dog and like a, oh, cool. maybe a German Shepherd mix or something like that. Mm -hmm. But he's real tall and he, like, runs fast. But he's got a white coat with brown spots. Oh, wow. And like brown on his face and brown spots, but he sheds like crazy, crazy and yeah. it sucks so bad. You sweep the floor in the morning, by the night it looks like you didn't do anything. Yeah. That's the way it's been. And, but he's four, four or five. My girlfriend, actually, I can't take credit for like picking him up. My girlfriend found him on, in a ditch. Aww. Like I think, it was, I think it was right before Christmas and he was Aww. like four weeks old or something like oh that. Oh my gosh. I yeah, I'll show you pictures sometimes. afterwards. It's, he's so cute. I don't know how you could do that to an animal. Man. I know. That and it breaks my heart. But that's that's the problem is if I foster, like I watch, I'll, if I had money, 
I would buy every dog that's in a video, like yeah. in a commercial. Oh my gosh, I can't. I just start crying when I watch those commercials and you know, it's just, it's terrible. Yeah. And they know what they're doing because they, they put the Sarah McLaughlin behind it. I and, know. And then you're just like, <laughs> yeah, he's cute. Yeah. He's cute. <laughs> but all right, well, I'm sitting with Lindsay Snow and she, I met her through professional wrestling. What, probably five or six months ago? Was it the first time with us at EWX? Yeah. Uh, it was earlier this year. It was before Legend though, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It was and on the rooftop. Yes, mm-hmm. that was you and Taylor Avery. Yep. Uh, so you're you ventured in wrestling. How long have you been in wrestling now? About three years. And you come from a r- ridiculous background. <laughs> I think it's ridiculous because I have never done any of. I've done wrestling, Mm-mm. but you jujitsu. Mm-hmm. When did you start jujitsu? Um, I started jujitsu in uh, 2014. Okay. Mm-hmm. How now? How old were you? Um, the only reason I ask is because like I listen, I'm a huge fan of Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. his podcast, and I listen to people on there, and they say that if you, it, it's good to if you become like a jujitsu, like you do competitions, mm-hmm. if you if you start later, it's harder to pick it up, pick it up, as opposed to if you start, if you start young, as a child, yeah, yeah, and you train your brain to think that way. Yeah. Um, so I was like 27, 28 when I started training mm-hmm. jujitsu, and um, I did karate when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So like so I had, had some kind of training. Yeah, I had like a little bit of a martial arts background before I started, and then I did. I've also like did gymnastics mm-hmm. and I did dance, like ballet, tap, jazz. Oh, acrobatics. so you got the balance and flexibility. Yeah, and um, like my my actual like first taste of jujitsu, I went to a class when I was 18, mm-hmm. and um, I learned like a little bit. But then uh, I started tattooing full time, so I didn't actually have time to learn jujitsu at gotcha. that time. So fast forward about 10 years later, um, wow, yeah. What made you go back to it? Um, I just. I really wanted to learn how to defend myself. Gotcha. Um, I had been put in a couple of bad situations, mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't really know any, like, self-defense. And I was a huge UFC fan. Like, I would watch UFC, like, religiously. Yeah. And, um, you know, I watched Pride. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pride was actually, like, my absolute favorite. Like, watching Fedor Emelianenko. Yeah. Uh, Josh Barnett, Kazushi Sakuraba. Like, mm-hmm. Sakuraba is probably, like, my all-time favorite fighter ever. Yeah. Him and Fedor. Yeah. But, um... I remember Fate when Fedor was in his prime. And it was insane. Yeah. Because he looks like some guy that drinks at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, so unassuming. And especially, like, he has that sweater that he yes. wears. Yes. And you're just I, like, how... Like, it's... You take into consideration, you see, it's, it, that's what I love about MMA in general is usually with, with the exception of maybe like, Ander, even Anderson Silva, you look at him and you're like. He's so unassuming. Yes. And then you see him talk and he's, you're like, he seems like he's the nicest guy on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. But then you see like Lesnar, but you're like, okay, of course he just runs over people. Mm-hmm. But then you see people like uh, Nate Diaz. And yeah. It's like, he just looks like a guy. Yeah. It's insane. So that's like the dangerous part about us. Yes, you know? yes. You, you all fit into society just normal. Well, once you like understand um, how close, like 
things could come mm -hmm. to like ending someone's life or yeah. breaking a limb. Like yes. you kind of have a respect for it. And then you have a respect for, you know, life in yeah. general. Mm -hmm. And, um, like that's like probably one of my favorite things about being a martial artist is like all of the, um, respect and like humility that yeah. I've learned being a martial artist. And, uh, yeah, like it's funny because all my friends that know how to fight, we're the first people to try to like make a fight not happen yeah. because we know how quick we can end yes, it. <laughs> yes, yes. That's what, so like I said, I'm a fan of Rogan's podcast. And that's what I listen to a lot of the MMA stuff on. And uh, like I was telling you, our friend, like Josh is one of my friends, but I'm, like he's so far removed from UFC that mm -hmm. it's just nobody, he don't really care about it anymore. So it's hard to get him to talk about it. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I hear a lot on Rogan's podcast is that it's like we know. Like, and then people talk junk to to you, and you're like, you have no idea how quick I can just break your leg. Oh, yeah. Like, just, and it's, he's like, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. Like, I, there's no point in it. There's no reason to get to that point. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's like, you're just saying, that's, that's what was clicking in my head when you were telling me, okay. is that, that repetition of, listen, you mm -hmm. have no idea. Not to mention, you have no idea if you pick a fight with somebody in a bar that you've never met, you have no idea what their background is, what they oh. can do. 100%. Um, I actually uh, ran into a problem not that long ago. Um, it's actually like my pinned tweet mm -hmm. <laughs> on, uh, on Twitter. I'll have to look, I'll look at it afterwards. Yeah. Um, this girl, she had no idea who I was, mm -hmm. and um, she tried to break my neck, and mm. uh, she didn't know that I trained. Was it just like just out and about no, was it during it training was, it was uh in, during a, a match. in a match oh okay yeah it was okay. in a match and um yeah she she tried to break my neck and she like has a history of trying to hurt girls yeah and um yeah it, it wasn't really cool and i snapped in that moment when mm -hmm. i realized that she was trying to hurt me yeah and i just blast doubled her took her down and uh she had about 100 pounds on me mm -hmm. and i just ripped her knee off uh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's, I'll make a note to myself never to make you mad. I try to stay in your good graces. <laughs> or just don't try but, to yeah. break my neck and put yeah. me in a wheelchair but rightfully and so. good. <laughs> rightfully so. The, uh, yeah, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. How, so without getting too detailed, mm -hmm. how easy is it to just tear somebody's ligament? Um, if you have the appropriate hold, which it doesn't take long for me to get it on you. Is it, is it about angles or where you, where you put the pressure? Exactly. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, like every bone and joint have a breaking point. Gotcha. You can only twist your wrist so far before it starts to hurt. Yeah. And all it takes is a little bit of pressure and, and gone. done. So, so you guys are taught in competition because that's where I wanted to segue into. Mm -hmm. In competition, you're taught to just push it to the where limit. to the yeah. limit without hurting. Yeah. And unless but they don't tap. If they, if don't, they tap, don't tap, then, you know, that's on them. It's like their choice. Yeah. I like, if I'm in a competition, I'm pretty respectful. There's actually like a, a video of me, and um, I have a girl deep in a heel hook, mm -hmm. and I hear her knee snap. Mm -hmm. And I straight up ask her, I'm like, Are you okay? And she's like, Yeah. And then, <laughs> like, she didn't tap, so I just cranked it some more, and then she's like, Ah, tap, you know? God bless. But, like, you guys are warriors. Yeah. I always want to live to fight now, another day. Yes. Now, have you, have you always had a high pain tolerance? Uh, pretty much. Like, I've been getting tattooed since I was 15. 
So I um, I started getting tattooed super super right. young. Let's segue into the tattoo because you're if you look at you, you you're automatically like okay, either she's addicted to tattoos or she's a tattoo artist. Mm-hmm. And uh, is a little bit of both. Um, right. I'm not really addicted to tattoos, like the pain of them. I, I actually like cannot stand getting tattooed anymore oh. because like now like my whole body is pretty much covered. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm probably like 95% covered. Like the only thing I don't really have is like the bottom of my belly. Yeah. But like, yeah, the rest of me is like pretty solid tattoos. Um, but yeah, I don't necessarily like the pain anymore. Like, when I was younger, it was about that because, like, yeah. you know, when you're young, you're dumb and, like, yeah. you're stupid. You know, like, anything that, like, makes you feel something, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You're about What's it. What's a weird... I have one, and mm-hmm. it was right here. And right after I got as soon... Like, the, the anticipation is insane when you get your first one because you're yeah. like, I have no idea. I'd have, and you put your arm out, and you're like, I have no idea what it's going to feel like. Uh-huh. And then you start feeling your... And to me, it was like... Oh, that's not this that is, bad. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it hurts, but it's not like a pain pain. It's mm-hmm. like a... It's annoyance. Inter- yeah, it's an interesting pain. Mm-hmm. But as soon as it finished, I was like, I could do that again. Yeah. I want to do that again. My problem is, is it takes me years to figure out what I want. Mm-hmm. I can't just be like, just put this right here. I like, oh, I, I got an idea. Let's put this right here. And I just, I'll be like, I'm going to regret this for the rest of my life. <laughs> um, you know, some people are like that. For me, um, you know, I... I would think of something and I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. I think I'm going to mm-hmm. do that, you know? And like, I would take the idea to, to one of my homies and we would, oh. Oh, get him. Cecilia's making an appearance. Get him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would just like bring the idea to one of my homies and tell them like, them. hey, <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. And, you know, we would tweak the design out a little bit. And before I knew it, I looked like how I do right yeah. now. <laughs> no. So you're, you're a tattoo artist. Mm-hmm. How long have you been a tattoo artist? Um, I've been a tattooer since I was 17. So yeah. 15 years. Yeah. So have you, always, have you always been artistic? Like you could always draw? Yeah. Okay. So that's like a prereq mm-hmm. to be a tattoo, a good well, tattoo artist. To be a good tattooer, yeah. Um, there, I, I have met some tattoo artists that can't draw, but I wouldn't get tattooed by them. Yeah. Um, now, are there tattoo artists that, because this is a fascinating like, industry to me anyway, mm-hmm. Is there, are there tattoo artists that can't draw with a pencil and pen, but if they have, like, like if, if their skill level is more grading than drawing, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's the same terminology used like, uh, in a sense of shading out. and. Yeah, there's people that only do portraits okay. that can't draw, like, a traditional, like, Sailor Jerry-style tattoo. Gotcha. But, like, for me, um, I love what traditional tattooing represents. Mm -hmm. So it was very important for me to learn, um, like old school, traditional methods and yeah. From traditional American style to Mm -hmm. traditional Japanese. I, I love the history and, um, I love what those tattoos represent. So it means more to me to be able to do that than to be able to like do a portrait. Yeah. Plus I think that they look better for longer. Yeah. I feel like, I like portraits, but I feel like a, an original piece mm-hmm. that's more artistic it looks is better and mm-hmm. it has so many more. You can adapt so many more stories into it as opposed to just someone's face. Yeah, not like not judging anybody who has like portraits. I, um, you know, I understand the importance of portrait style tattooing, mm-hmm. but for me, um, 
I feel like, you know, like there's, there's different, for every style of tattooing, there's like a different, uh, I guess you could say a different genre, you know, like uh, the type of artist that makes that tattoo, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. We're all very, very different. Like if you meet a portrait guy, like you can almost tell like, oh, that dude does portraits, uh, you know? It's just like the artist, like like the paint and graphic artist yeah, type world. Exactly. That's the world that I come from. Yeah. But yeah, so you can... You can pick them out. <laughs> now, explain to me the method, or not the method, but the process, for lack of a better term, of when somebody comes in necessarily with an idea mm -hmm. and they have no reference points, they have no, they just have an idea that they have in their mind. Okay. Um, so if I came to you and I say, listen, I got a son, because you might sell me on a tattoo and I'll, I'll fly down to Florida and get a tattoo from you. Heck yeah. I have a son who was born on uh, November, I'm sorry, October the 16th. November okay. is the other one. October 16th, 2018. Okay. His name's Garrison. So I want a G with that, with those dates okay. in it. Um, so. Sorry I put you on the spot. No, you're good. Uh, like, I'm completely open because when it comes to a tattoo art, I have no idea where to start, where to end. It would, like, I don't know how you feel about flowers, but, like, for every month of the year, there's a different birth flower. Mm -hmm. There's birth stones. Um, if you wanted to add the dates, I would say we could do some banners. But mm -hmm. uh, dates and, like, names almost, like, unless you do it really fancy cursive, yeah. Yeah. letters look better in banners okay. because there's like that little bit of artistic appeal yeah. to it and um it has something in there it's not just floating randomly yeah. you know it looks more like a tattoo mm -hmm. and then that piece can all be cohesive um you know i always say flowers roses are awesome they make anything look really really cool uh you know since your kid's only a couple years old you don't really know what he's into yet yeah but if you have like if he has like a favorite toy or something, mm -hmm. you can incorporate that in it. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. Because secretly, before before I die, unless I die just early, I want like a sleeve on my left arm because oh, that's true. where my one and I and I want that to be the start and okay. be underneath like oh, here. Oh, nice. And that, that would be awesome. But the problem is, is I have all this other real estate that I'm gonna have to fill up. Hey, I mean that. We is, can make it happen. I know. <laughs> and that's, that's the problem is that you, you guys live down in Florida, so I'd have to make trips to Florida every time I wanted something done. I mean, maybe PWX can, like, filter into Florida and do some oh, pop-up shows. Maybe. Okay, where do you, you guys live in Orlando? No, we live in Zephyr Hills. Where is that? How, it's, in, like, no, right outside of Tampa. It's in okay. between Orlando and Tampa. i tell you what, what. What could happen is I'll be down there for a week, for WrestleMania week. Oh, shoot. Yeah, we can definitely do something I'll set then. something up with you. Heck yeah. And I'll get a tattoo. Heck yeah. Let's Deal? do it. Done. Done. <laughs> we gotta, now I just got to figure out what I want. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll get, I might get that and something else. I'm going to use this right now as like your verbal contract. Yes, it is. It is. I'm, I'm going to because I'll be down there because I think I'll be down there until Saturday and then Sunday I'm driving to Orlando because the family's coming down so we can go to Legoland. Oh, nice. Legoland's for the kids. awesome. Is it? Yeah, I hope so. it's sick, dude. There's also, like, I don't know if your kids are into dinosaurs or not. He is. The but not, let's see, we have a, nine, a 10 now. He turned 10 two days ago. Oh, okay. And awesome. And so 
10-year-old and a one-year-old. Okay. So, but the one-year-old doesn't care. Yeah. He just wants to go do whatever. There's this place called uh, Dino Land, I believe. It's either Dinosaur World or Dinosaur Land, but it's in between Tampa and Orlando off of the uh-huh. interstate, right around Lakeland. Uh-huh. And um, yeah, actually, So about, what is it? It's like two hours from Tampa to Orlando, roughly? It's like an hour and a half. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's, it's like not bad. Looking at 45 minutes yeah, from, okay. yeah probably, probably even closer to Tampa, um, so maybe about, like, 30 minutes. Okay. But uh, I actually took Cecilia there, and, like, it's, like, an outdoor park, and they've got, it's, like, a botanical garden. Mm-hmm. So um, there's, like, a bunch of really pretty, like, plants yeah. and, and flowers, and nice. then they have these giant dinosaurs. Like model dinosaurs yeah. and stuff? Yeah, we're into dinosaurs. Dude, take your kids dinosaurs there. Dinosaurs and Legos. It's 100%, like, it's worth it. See, and I've already, it's I'm, already, I'm already booking my to there. Your girl is going to be like, what? But listen, <laughs> oh, I'll say, listen, I was doing a podcast with Lindsay today, and she told me something about something called Dino Land in Florida. She's like, yes, okay. that's, we're definitely doing that. Awesome. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to jump back to competition. So you did, when, so you started in 2004. 14, you said, uh, and, started uh, training again. Mm-hmm. And pretty much like a month after I started training, I did my first competition. Oh, how? Yeah. <laughs> how, so, so, how, so not putting yourself over, how did that go? Um, man, the first one, I didn't really know what to expect. So it didn't go like as great as it could have gone. But the, Were you terrified? No, I wasn't. Jesus Christ. I would I was, be so terrified. I was just, um, I was hungry. Yeah. Because, you were wanting to jump in and Yeah. Go. And uh, not only that, I was physically hungry, too, mm-hmm. because I was nervous about making weight. Hmm. And uh, so I didn't eat breakfast that morning. And I just had, like, the my stomach was rumbling. And um, I didn't have, like, a, a breakfast. So I just now, had some did, coffee. Did they weigh the same day? Yeah. Oh, it's not like weigh the day before. Oh, you weigh the sucks. same day. And then uh, you wait around all day until, like, because, like, they let the kids go first. Mm-hmm. Then they have the women go. And then the men are last. And then gotcha. they do absolutes at the end. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, absolutes is, like, it doesn't matter what weight class you're in. You can just enter. Gotcha. So um, I, uh, I weighed in. And um, my first competition ever, I weighed in at 130 pounds. And um, I ended up fighting a girl that was like 160. And I only got one fight that day. And it kind of sucked because there wasn't anybody else that was there. Yeah, that was over 130. Everybody Mm -hmm. else was like 120, 125, you know, under. So they didn't want to catch weight up to me to fight me. I'm like, it's only five pounds. But, you know, girls are funny about that stuff in competition. So then um, I entered the next competition because... I uh, I was just like you know I want to like submit somebody mm-hmm. you know and You're uh, crazy <laughs> yeah. crazy I saw it in your eye when you said that like <laughs> I want to tap somebody out yeah because I've been I, training for a month just think about how crazy like not judging you yeah. think about how crazy that sounds now like we just talked about how you know like we know these people can hurt you like that yeah and one month after starting training again you're like you know what i'm going to do a competition i'm going to tap somebody out yeah that's ins- i love the ambition yeah like I, and that's that's how people <laughs> succeed with that kind of ambition oh well, i'm just but thinking back on it you cannot sit here and look at me and tell me that thinking back on it, you're like i was fucking crazy I mean, I tell people, because, like, I do crazy shit in wrestling all the time. Yeah. But I'm just I've like, seen. I guess I'm just 
too dumb to be scared. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know. Have you ever had a big, in, like, major injury? Uh, yeah. I, okay. I, um, in training, uh, in 2015, mm-hmm. I uh, tore my meniscus and my MCL in my left leg. Okay. And then uh, I healed that, came back for two weeks, and tore my meniscus in my right leg. Yeah. Then you're just wired. That's the way you're wiring is, is yeah. that you just don't, you're, I don't, like, you don't, yeah, you don't, you're not scared. No. Like, there's no fear. No. Because I was going to say, usually people that do play sports or do wrestling ha- that ha- don't have fear have never really gotten hurt. No. And when they get hurt, it's like it's like a fighter getting knocked out. Yeah. It's like you, a fighter has no fear until somebody clocks them and they get knocked out. And they're like, now I know how that feels. And oh, it can yeah. either hurt you or make you better. No, now it just it made me hungrier because I had to take off almost a whole year. That's and it, it pushed back my debut for pro wrestling because I had um, started training pro wrestling in 2015. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the beginning of 2015, like in March, and then I tore my meniscus and MCL, then, you know, it took about, um, about three months to heal that. Then I was able to come back for two weeks, dude. I got like a handful of wrestling practice in, a handful of jujitsu practice in, and then I was out again for the, pretty much the rest of 2015. Then I was able to come back, I think in like December. So I started training again in pretty much mm-hmm. Ju- or July or blah, blah, sorry, January, my bad. Yeah. I know my months. No, <laughs> um, but yeah. Whatever month you say, I'm going to go with. <laughs> the now how how far after how soon after you started doing the jiu-jitsu competitions did you get into professional wrestling? Um pretty much I uh it, it all comes back to tattooing, to honestly. I was about to say, it doesn't have to be exact. Um, I'm just interested in the... Well, so what had happened Yeah, tell was... me tell me how you got, like, because <laughs> you, were you a fan of pro wrestling? Yes. At all? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was definitely a fan of pro wrestling. And, um, now, and where were you based out of at this time? Tampa. Tampa. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're from, like, the Tampa area. I'm actually from Jacksonville. Oh, North Carolina? No, but Florida. Florida. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida, and uh, I've just pretty much stayed in Florida for, like, a good bit of my life. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I met Shannon, we moved to North Carolina. Yeah. Back when he, like we were talking, they, y'all had the shop there. Yeah. yeah. We, we opened up a, a shop in North Carolina, and uh, we had that open. Did well for a, while, a long time, didn't you? Um, a few years, at well, least? Well, we only had it for a year, oh, and then okay. um, his mom passed away, and so we ended up closing uh, it and moving back to Florida. I'm so, trying to remember. He did have another gas chamber, though, about 10 years prior to that one. Did him and Luke have one? No. Or did Luke has one? Luke in, has another one okay, in okay. Georgia, I believe. Okay. Yeah. I knew that because I knew the two people that I knew that had them was Luke and Shannon. Shannon. Yeah. And I knew Shannon's was in, was it in Jacksonville, North Carolina? No, it was in, um, their town. It was in Southern Pines. Yeah. Cameron, where yeah. him, okay, okay. Jeff and Matt grew okay. up. Okay. Gotcha. Well, Southern Pines is like, my facts uh, are shit. It's right okay. Now. I'm here to like <laughs> yeah. correct them. You're, you're here to be my fact checker. Yeah. Um, but back to wrestling. Okay. So tell me how tattooing got you into wrestling. Okay. Um, so I have like, been a fan of wrestling and um I was going through a phase of my life where you know everything was wrestling mm-hmm. like everything was either jujitsu or wrestling and I had already been training jujitsu mm-hmm. so um you know at, at work while I was drawing and painting and mm-hmm. stuff 
waiting for tattoos to come in, if I yeah. didn't have appointments at this time, you know, I would just watch pro wrestling. And I had my iPad set up, so it was playing, you mm -hmm. know, wrestling constantly. Yeah. And nice. some of the guys that I worked with hated it. And, of course. You know. Because they weren't them. Yeah. They weren't <laughs> it wasn't, a, they weren't about it. And, uh, but then some of the guys that I worked with were really into it. And we would get into like these long conversations, you know, about our favorite wrestlers and yeah. stuff like that, you know. And um, it's kind of funny because like, uh, segue real quick. I was watching um, Brett and Sean in the Iron mm. Man match. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was in, like, this little back part of the shop, you know, watching yeah. it. And I had it up super, super loud. And I was just, like, eating my meals because uh, I was fixing to go to the gym. Yeah. And uh, somebody peeps their head around the corner and they're like, that sounds like me. And I look and it's freaking Bray Wyatt. He was in the shop getting tattooed. Nice. But he heard the wrestling and yeah. he, like, peeped around the corner. And I was now, like, this was when they were based out of Tampa. Yes. Correct? Okay. Yeah. When the... Uh, Florida Championship Wrestling. It was actually right after FCW had closed. Okay, when they were about but to move. I think that uh, Bray lived in Tampa. Gotcha, gotcha. And, um, yeah, he came in and got an anchor on his finger. It was pretty funny. Nice. But, um, yeah, so that's what I would do. I would just, like, sit at the shop and watch wrestling and paint and draw and, like, you know, just yeah. wait until I had to go to the gym or mm -hmm. wait until I had to go to training. Yeah. And then uh, one day... I got this guy in my chair and uh, he was like, oh, you like wrestling? And I was like, yeah, I, I love wrestling. And he was like, I do that. Have you ever thought about doing it? And I was like, dude, <laughs> like that's my dream job. This is the moment that changes my life. Yeah. And so like he, uh, he gave me the address to the school that he trained at. Nice. And, um, you know, it was just like, it wasn't like really like the best place to start learning how to do yeah. professional wrestling, but, but it, opened doors. it opened doors for me. I actually, um, I met a couple of guys, uh, Leo Bryan and Michael Patrick mm -hmm. and they're the dirty blondes. Uh, they've been working for MLW gotcha. you know, the past year, okay. but, uh, they actually were doing shows with Jay lethal and they're like, Jay has a school out here. You, when he was should, in Florida. Yeah. Right? Does Jay, he still live in Florida? Jay's still in Florida. Oh, okay. He still okay. has Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling now. Gotcha. Okay. But at the time, it was called Uproar. Yes, and, I um, remember. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, they were like, hey, you should come meet Jay so you can like actually learn how to do this the right way, yeah. you know? Because like, they were like, you're really athletic for a girl, you know, like... Not now, did they like, did they know that you had the the jujitsu background? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. and uh, they're like, you have a cool background. Like they mm -hmm. liked how I looked and everything, like without being creepy, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> but, part of, it's a part of the wrestling. Yeah, business. it's 100%. you have to you have to be marketable. Yes. We're not we're not say, we that because that is a weird space. Yeah. When you have they're because because like, oh, like you, if you think about it, like ninety percent of wrestling promotions are owned by men. Yeah. And and you want to have a female presence on your show, but you have to be like, listen. You can't say, you know what, you have that the sex appeal that we need because that's not it. Yeah. Because I'm gonna get so much hate for this, but a lot of times when a girl or a female talent or a male talent is all sex appeal, yeah, they can't wrestle worth the shit. Uh, um, you know, am I lying? It's it's not 100% a lie because like there are really beautiful girls out true, there that true. that can really really wrestle. Yes, but, but uh, there are some athletes out there that rely strictly on their looks. Yes, okay. And I'll um, go, yeah, I believe that. 
it's that, that's you know. that's the more that's the ones I was yeah. I was kind of referring to, which I didn't do a, my my best job of. It's okay. Clarifying. Like I said, I'm here to but tighten everything up for you, man. You're going to be my co-host, <laughs> like for all the podcasts right. I do. The uh, yeah, because every anytime I've come, like there are like beautiful girls that are very good at professional wrestling, mm-hmm. but you can tell the ones that rely. Like, listen, I look like a model. That's what they have on WWE TV. Mm-hmm. Why don't you pay me four hundred dollars to show up and not I look shit. like yeah, yeah, not do shit. And it's just like, but then people like you. Like the first time I met you, I was like, "Yeah, she gets it." She like, and and I knew, I think I knew that you and Shannon were dating. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Shannon had to have, like helped helped her like with how things are and how to do stuff and like drive and this and that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Yeah, that's why." I, when I when, like the first time I had you, I was like, "Yeah," because because people had told me, like, "Have you thought about Lindsay Snow?" Brian was on me for like a months before, like, mm-hmm. "What about Lindsay Snow? What about Lindsay Snow?" I'm like, I've never seen, send me some stuff, send me some stuff. Mm-hmm. And he finally sent it. And I was like, yeah, we need somebody good for Rachel mm-hmm. that could be, that would be legit because Rachel's the big badass of North Carolina. We need right. somebody who could be legit to be a contender for her. And he's like, dude, Lindsay. And then Avery was coming from Florida too. And he was, I was like, he's like, there's this girl named Avery Taylor that's good too. She mm-hmm. could ride up with Lindsay. And I was like, game, I'm down if Lindsay's willing to do it. Yeah. He's like, yeah. And then as soon as I saw it, I was like, all right. Both of you, both you and Avery, are like these girls are good. You can tell they have they mm-hmm. like they want it. They and they're they're not just here being like, listen, this is what I want to like. This is what I want to do. But you oh, know, dude, I'm definitely just, not scared to put in the work. Yeah, yeah. I hope that didn't, I hope that didn't sound sexist at all. No, okay. No, I get I it's, get where it's, you're like, coming it's, from you have to, like, and it's and it's the same thing with like to to like make make my like. There's guys that are like that too. There's guys that'll turn around and they'll look like a million freaking dollars that are just cut up. Cut and shredded. That have never, like, don't walk in front of the camera. Oh, is that on? Thank you. That have never, like, they've taken three bumps in their life but think they should be a world champion because they look like what what people are supposed to look like in professional wrestling. So that doesn't pertain just to women in professional wrestling. Well, nowadays, the way that pro wrestling is going, you know, like... Whenever I was growing up, mm-hmm. like, when pro wrestlers were on TV, you were like, God, like, look at this dude. You know, yeah. like, this dude looks crazy. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody just, they, they cared about their bodies. Yeah. They cared about their look. You know, they cared about their gear. Like, not to say that people don't do that so much now, but, like, I feel like the, the cruiserweights are, you know, becoming the new heavyweights. Yes. Like size doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, like Physical exactly. size doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that I like that because going back to what we were talking about MMA mm-hmm. is like their stars are they're from all over and look completely different than what you think they would. Right. They look like normal people. Yeah. And I think it's more relatable. I mean, I know what's preached as the Vince McMahon tactic is he wants everybody to look like a superhero. Yeah. But... I think that the more relatable that you are, like you have people like James Drake. Yeah. Who looks like somebody who just drinks beer at the bar every <laughs> every Friday, which he probably does. <laughs> but that's it, unbelievably athletic. Yes. I think because I think in sports, NFL, it doesn't matter if NFL, basketball, or in a NBA, 
soccer, it's baseball. It's your abilities that speak louder than yes. your appearance. Yes, and I think what draws people mm-hmm. is stories and people that shouldn't be able to do it that can because that gives you that belief system That's that like anything is possible. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if you had if everybody and everything was a superior athlete that basically were born with those genetics and are just lucky by nature, lucky by, by gene- genealogy, then you wouldn't, like, sports wouldn't be as popular as they are. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree with you on that. But not to, um, not to shit on that or anything, but I definitely... Oh, shit on it if you want to. <laughs> I, um, I definitely try to make my appearance as intimidating as possible. Yes. Because, like, uh, I, I actually joked around the other day because somebody was, like, talking trash to me, and they're like, you're, you're not a kaiju. You're just, like, a little girl with tattoos and stuff. And I was just like, hey, I'm a teacup kaiju. Nice. <laughs> but, like, I'm still a monster just because I'm not, like, eight feet tall doesn't mean that I can't destroy yeah. you. Yeah. You know, um, I definitely take the time to make myself stronger any, mm-hmm. uh, any chance that I get. You know, I'm in the gym. Or I'm learning new techniques, you yeah. know. I, I definitely pride myself on my the way that my body is, you know. Now, do you, you, do you still feel, being honest with yourself, do you still feel you have the same hunger that you had when you started? I'm hungrier now. Hungrier? Because yeah. you, you've seen what you can. Is it, well, I shouldn't say that. I don't want to assume. Do you think it's because you've seen what you can do um, when you put your mind to it in a sense of, it's I'm I'm big on being going into things being very gullible and uh not very knowledgeable about it. In a sense, like for example, me and my friends made an album one time. It was a comedy music album. Okay. And I started researching on like what's the best way to promote it, what's the best way to do this, this, this. And I found myself the more I dug up, the less motivated I was because you all you read is about how you're you have to be very lucky you have to have a record company behind you you have to have this for success you have to have that for success to where you're very naive is the word I was looking for earlier like you're, if you're very naive to a situation you're just like no I'm gonna start this and I'm gonna be successful at it and if and if I put the time and effort into it I'm gonna be the best yeah um that's pretty much how I look at things yeah. I there is no quit in me um I started this uh, coming out of like a very bad situation, like I started training out of a very bad situation. Mm-hmm. I um, I was homeless at the time, and mm-hmm. I was sleeping on my friend's floor in her like one bedroom, like it it was like a studio apartment, yeah. and I had a blow up mattress on her floor in her living room, and um, that's where I was at my life when I started training. Mm-hmm. I literally uh started from the bottom and um now uh i've been just gifted like these amazing opportunities that i've worked so hard for um i uh i just i'm so hungry to like reach the top Mm -hmm. that like i i just i can't quit and i have all of these people that have put their faith in me Mm -hmm. that um that see 
something in me yeah. that just like ignites that flame in me like so much brighter. Like every chance that I get, I'm just like, man, I have to do this because these people are counting on me. Mm. Like I cannot let these people down. And, uh, you know, it's also like, I also want to, uh, sorry, I'm getting a little tricked no. up. Uh, like I also really just, I want to leave behind like a legacy, yeah. you know, like I'm really caught up with that. Um, you know, with tattooing, I get to leave behind, like, everybody gets to wear, like, a, a part of me, yeah. you know? You, you were a part of that person's life. Yeah. Like, and it's, and it's not only, when you, when you do something for someone, you're a part of their life, but it's, most of the time it's in memory. Mm-hmm. Like, you have a stamp of where you were a part of their life. Exactly. Which is awesome. And, like, you know, not to get grim or anything, but, like, when I die, like, I want people to like have stuff to remember me by like i mean i have a niece and a nephew right now and Mm -hmm. like i just want to be like a really good role model for them have they seen your wrestling um kind of my are they young yeah they're really so they're she's like i don't want to get i don't want them fighting people at school yeah like my niece is like four years old but like she sees like pictures of me and stuff and like she she understands that like auntie lens does some crazy shit on the weekends (laughs) yeah Yeah, that's awesome (laughs) yeah so you know she's really into like frozen and stuff so like i don't know how and like like, wait till she's like nine yeah then you're gonna be the the coolest aunt ever yeah i did get her when i went to mexico i did get her like a a super cool wrestling mask and she runs around the house wearing that now that's awesome so um yeah uh you know, like I just, I just want to be like a, a really like a good role model for like younger kids yeah. that like really like didn't have that person in their life telling yeah. them that they could do like whatever they wanted. You know, like uh, I always wanted to do like something physical like this, and then it wasn't until like I was like a little bit older that I. Mm-hmm. I kind of realized like my potential yeah. and um you know I had a lot of like doubt I had a lot of people telling me no yeah. um you know I had people even that I worked with you know would make fun of me and they're like oh what are you gonna do try to go play superhero you know yeah and I'm like actually yeah and like now that they've seen like what I can do it's funny because the same they, people that were like hating on me are now like some of my biggest yes. fans. And that's like, the beauty of it. It's so crazy to me. Cause like, that's I, what I, I tell people all the time when you have, like when you have doubters, they just don't understand where your passion lies. Mm-hmm. Like they, and if they either, either that or they, they wish they had the balls to do what you're doing. That's it. That's mostly it, yeah. dude. I got made fun of like so hard. And then like, I, I, um, I just, I had so many people try to like shoot me down for it. Yeah. Well, just this, not to, not to take away, this is my version of something like you're talking about mm-hmm. is like recently I did the New Japan. Yeah. At, at Hammer, at, thank you, at Hammerstein. And I remember, like, I think I've, t- I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast before. I think I did it on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. But like when I got there, like, I never get emotional about it. I do about like dog videos on, <laughs> on Facebook and like yeah. my son and my, and my 10 year old. But uh, like with, with moments, I try to stop uh, for the last like four years, I've tried to stop and just take it in and say, appreciate this because you've worked your ass off to get here. Mm-hmm. So 16 years in wrestling and I'm, and I do the Hammerstein thing and I'm sitting there and I'm like, 
man. Like, I remember starting when I was 18 and people have been like, what are you doing? I remember getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning and going and working out in an old NWA 20 foot by 20 foot in a glass shop, mm-hmm. freezing ass cold, hard as hell, just killing myself. I remember deciding I wasn't going to wrestle anymore and just do production stuff mm-hmm. and go that route. And then I remember getting divorced because I put so much time and effort into other things instead of my marriage and learning from that. And I just start piecing all these things together. I'm like, and now I'm here. Mm-hmm. Now I'm, I'm doing something that is um, like a million people is going to see mm-hmm. that is ridiculous. So I feel like you're going to have that moment. If you haven't already, because if I had any advice, which I don't even know if I'm in a place to give you advice, but any advice is appreciate the other moments that lead to that. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer, in, and people tell me this, is when you reach the top, it's 10 times harder to stay there. Oh, and it's not as enjoyable. It might be enjoyable, but not as enjoyable as the journey that you took to get there. Yeah. Because you're, you're always growing, always like pushing forward. Right. So appreciate those. Like we were talking about blood sport, Mm -hmm. which was fucking huge for you. Oh, God, that was amazing. Um, Josh giving me that opportunity, and I got to... I got to fight Sumi Sakai. Yes. And, and I've a, seen that match. Oh, thank you. Yes, it was amazing. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, Sumi's a legend, man. That was just such an honor to be on Bloodsport for one mm-hmm. and then to have a match with her. Like, yeah. Uh, and to be the first ever women's match on Bloodsport. On Bloodsport. It was just like, man, all of these great things. And, like, Josh just, like, had all this faith in me. And I was just... Like, I just kept thinking back to, like, a couple years prior mm-hmm. whenever I, um, I honestly, like, just flew to uh, California one day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at, like, the beginning of my jiu-jitsu career. And uh, I, like, had been training pro wrestling a little bit. So it was in, uh, like, 2016. And um, I just, you know, I randomly like flew to California because I had been following Eric Paulson mm-hmm. for a really long time. And, um, you know, he helped train Ronda Rousey. He mm-hmm. helped train Shayna Baszler, Marina Shafir, yeah. Jessamine Duke. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to go train there because like, um, I was getting really good training from Rob Kahn in Tampa, mm-hmm. but I really like leg locks and I really like heel hooks. I really like toe holds and really just mean, nasty stuff like neck cranks. Yeah. And uh, I'm about that. I yeah. love wrist locks, you yeah. know, uh, all the stuff that people consider prison rules. Like yeah. Yeah. I'm about that. Yeah. And um, so I went to California just to train with Eric Paulson. And um, I showed up on his doorstep one day and he was like, hi, who are you? And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm Lindsay. I'm from Florida. Like, what's up? Uh, and he's like, why are you here? And I was like, I honestly just wanted to drop in and train for a week. And I said, every day I took every class he had. Yeah. From, like, I'm not a striker, but I just showed up and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll do striking. Like, do you have yeah. extra gloves? Like, I pretty much lived at the gym. And then, like, by the end of the first day, he was just like, where are you staying? And I was like, oh, I got a rental car. You know, like, yeah. I wasn't really worried about it. That's I was just crazy. like, uh, there's a shower at the yeah. gym. There's an In-N-Out burger, like, right down the street. Oh, so I was I just love like, In-N-Out yeah, I was just like, it's going to be like camping, you yeah, know? Yeah. And uh, he was like, hold on. And he grabbed one of the fighters off of the floor. And he was like, Ernie, 
this is Lindsay. Lindsay, this is Ernie. Ernie, can she stay at your house? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is the first day I've ever met these people. Yeah. Like, this uh. is crazy. And Ernie was like, uh, I live with my mom. Hold on, let me call her. And yeah. I was That's so, awesome. Like, he called his mom and she was like, how old is this girl that you're trying to bring over? And he was like, <laughs> she was like 30. Like, yeah. <laughs> She's in from Florida. Yeah, yeah, it was so crazy and so strange. So did and you stay the rest of the week with them? I did. His, oh, like, it was probably amazing, their, too. Dude, it was so amazing. Like, I stayed on their couch. I tried to give him money. He didn't accept it. She was, like, making me all these crazy, like, Mexican dishes. Oh, this traditional amazing. Mexican family. Like, they were so so good to me and I still am friends with Ernie to this day I actually went back to California um, in 2017 and I fought um, at the ADCC trials and Mm. another friend that I met that day Javier actually helped me lose the weight to uh, to make weight for ADCC. So gotcha. like, I'm still friends with these dudes That's to this awesome. day. Yeah, they're homies. But um, when I was out training with Eric, sorry to go off on no, all no, these no. tangents. You're fine. I'm following. Okay, <laughs> so when I was out there training with Eric, uh, Josh Barnett was still a part of CSW. Gotcha. And um, he was training his fighters in the cage one day, you know. And so like we all got done with practice, you know, at the at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we were waiting in line for um, the showers, you know. Cause yeah. they're like, everybody was trying to get showered before they left or whatever. And Josh was just standing there or like, we we're both sitting on the couch talking and stuff. And he was just like, so where are you from? And I was like, I'm from Florida. And he was like, God, Florida's a crazy place. Yes, it is. And I was like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, the difference between an alligator and a crocodile. And like, at that point, the, the door opened and it was my turn to go into the bathroom, you know? So I was just like, he's like, yeah, there's snouts. And I was like, nah man like one you'll see later and one you'll see in a while and then like I just closed the door and I think like the like the stupidity of yeah. that just like kind of resonated that's amazing <laughs> I love that joke too <laughs> and like everybody just like was dying laughing and he was just like he didn't laugh he was just like what? gave me like this stupid face <laughs> and I just like closed the door and I was like Man, I just made an ass out of myself. Like, what the hell? Like, these people are going to think I'm stupid, you know? But then um, after that, uh, he was, like, really, really cool with yeah. me. And he was just like, well, have fun in Florida, hanging out with those ditch gators, you know? Because like, awesome. I, I told him about gators being in ditches yeah. and stuff yeah. and, like, all the crazy stuff that happens in Florida and how, like, we're all just one bad decision away from being the Florida man, exactly. you know? Exactly. <laughs> Is that about this, that was in Florida. Yeah. There's a, there's a radio station in Charlotte uh-huh. that has a segment called which, the, which of these happened in Florida. Uh-huh. And they give four, uh, like, situations uh-huh. or four police reports. Like a multiple choice. And you yeah. have to choose. Oh, People yeah. call in and guess which one of them happened oh. in Florida. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. So the so the do you have anything else big coming up um, uh, that you can talk about? Well, I'm doing WrestleCade with Shannon um, nice. next weekend. That's always a good time. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. And then um, I have Shine coming up in December, a, a double shot. So that'll be Detroit and Chicago on, I believe, the 15th and the 16th of awesome. December. And then i uh, got Listen, a bunch of stuff coming up next year. You, there's nothing but success in the future for you. Thank That's you. That's what Patrick. I feel. I appreciate that, I man. feel And thank you for sitting down and talking to me. Hope um, you had fun. I, I had a blast. For Cecilia had fun. She... Always she she woke up like 45 minutes in. I think we're, 
Yeah, we're like 52. 45 minutes in, she woke up, looked at me like, is this fucking over yet? <laughs> and then laid back down. She's like, if you're not going to feed me, I don't have yeah, anything like I have, to say to I have, you. I have no interest in you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you and good luck there with everything. All right. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Special Podcast. Find all of our old episodes at TuesdaySpecials.com. That's TuesdaySpecial.com. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. All right. Thank you. Yeah.